pot of chamomile tea. It has been said that to prevent catching a cold, you should avoid going outside with wet hair. This is complete nonsense, of course. Colds come from bugs, and it doesn't matter if you're stood in the middle of a sand dune in Africa during the hottest day of the year, or prancing about the North Pole with dripping wet locks. All that matters is avoiding the bugs and viruses that give you the itchy throat, gooey nose and shivery gibberies. There is no such thing as a cold-free zone. No high fences with barbed wire mesh will keep you safe from it, nor would lasers or impenetrable metals. The fact of the matter is, if you're going to catch a cold, you will. The best thing to do is have a list of things to help should it happen. Most people would suggest getting plenty of rest and drinking lots of water. So much water, you will feel like a fish with a balloon inflated in its belly. Some might tell you to eat an orange, without the peel, obviously. And there are the rare few who like to slap a bit of mustard on their chest whilst balancing a frog on the top of their head. This is a very strange thing to do. Do not do this. You will smell like a hot dog drowned in a pond. If you were to ask Lottie Law, a short and willowy looking seven-year-old girl who lives somewhere by the sea, she would inform you that the only cure for a cold is chamomile tea. The tea must be brewed loose and sweetened with a drizzle of honey. It was a traditional concoction that her mother had given her and her mother before that and the mother of her mother's mother and the one before that as well. A family tradition of floral tea to help fight off the dreaded common cold. Lottie's family were all about traditions. Most families are. Perhaps a tradition around Christmas time such as opening a present the night before or maybe something as simple as a roast dinner on a Sunday afternoon. For Lottie though, her family's traditions were slightly different. Most of them came from a very large book, hoofed up on a bookshelf out of the way from her sticky-handed younger brother, and only ever called upon when one of them was in dire need of a remedy or cure for a problem. The most thumb page in the book was the one about chamomile tea and its many uses, namely because it was such a wonderful plant and had lots of good uses. The day that this story begins, Lottie had brewed herself a large pot of chamomile tea. Well, it wasn't really for her at all, it was for Grossbladder, Lottie's friendly but rather large pet snail. Grossbladder had been sneezing all morning, and the mucus he usually produced had an even muckier feel to it than normal. If you've never heard a snail sneeze, then you've missed a treat. It's a sound that very closely resembles the noise a cute puppy makes when it sneezes, only the snail's head and eye tentacles and large foot squidge up and plop and pop quickly into the shell. Lottie had been listening to Grossbladder sneezing all morning. By lunchtime, he had sneezed nearly 40 times, and she was certain he was full up with cold. Without wasting any more time, Lottie proceeded to venture downstairs to the conservatory mixing room to brew him a chamomile and honey drink. Carefully, she had poured the tea into a small china cup and stirred in a gloopy spoonful of delectable honey. Knowing that a boiling liquid would quite quickly snuff out the poor snail, she caringly ran the cold tap of the sink and filled the last bit of the cup up with fresh water. Again, she stirred until she was sure it was just right, and then placed the cup directly in front of the crawler. The snail simply stared at the cup. Deciding that the cup must be quite daunting to such a little thing, Lottie scooped a pool of the liquid onto a white-handled teaspoon and poured it onto the saucer. She placed the dish directly in front of the gross bladder and once again watched in anticipation. The snail, however, just continued to stare. Look, she snapped firmly. 
If you want to go about your day huffing and wheezing and sneezing all over the place, then that's fine. But you won't be coming to the park with me if you're going to be making that racket all day long. The snail raised its head and turned its eyes upwards to look at Lottie. I mean it. I really mean it, she said, folding her arms to prove just how certainly serious she was. It must have been the confidence in her tone of voice that persuaded him, but finally Grossbladder edged forward and began to lap up the liquid from the dish. His rasping tongue creeped out of his mouth and dabbed gently, until surprisingly all the liquid had vanished. Lottie smiled and let out a huge sigh of relief. Oh, thank righteousness, she exclaimed. For a minute there, you did have me worried. The snail continued to look curiously at Lottie, its eye stalks wavering as it gazed adoringly upwards. Well, she asked, how are you feeling? The snail retracted into his shell, then shuffled even closer to the saucer. Leaning forward, he slurped up another spoonful of the mixture that Lottie had lovingly made him. After a while, Grossbladder paused and began to stare out the window at the neighbouring park. He bobbed up and down excitedly. <laughs> you want to go to the park, don't you? Well, I guess we could go for a little while. Not too long, mind, or your cold will get worse. The snail continued to bob back and forth, his eye stalks enlarged at the possibility of venturing to the park with his favourite human. Grossbladder couldn't contain himself anymore. His excitement ruptured through him like bubble wrap popping under pressure. I like swings, he said. Lottie paused. Yeah, me too, she said.